Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I came on yesterday with you and I said, look, Major League Baseball, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, is 100% endorsing the idea of bench clearing brawls. And I said, people say, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by endorsing bench clearing brawls? Well, they give suspensions when this happens. So that's clear that they're saying this is not a part of the game. And I said, are you kidding me? Here's the truth of the matter. They are giving suspensions that don't in any way reflect a serious situation here. We have two uh, suspensions that came out yesterday. Obviously, Bryce Harper got four games. Hunter Strickland got six games for the bench-clearing brawl between the Nationals and the Giants. And obviously, Hunter Strickland threw at Bryce Harper. You've probably all seen the video right now. Uh, certainly where Bryce Harper comes running out, throws his helmet, goes nowhere, and then the guys actually end up in a pretty severe fight. The fight stems from Strickland believing that Bryce Harper showed him up. The quotes on this, I think, are phenomenal because it just speaks to the absurdity of the existing baseball culture. Uh, San Francisco manager Bruce Boshi called the fastball that Strickland threw a personal thing, said he talked to his reliever privately about his actions, Dusty Baker, manager of the Capitals, uh, sorry, the Senators, said there's no need for the, uh, and by the Capitals and the Senators, I mean the Nationals. Uh, Good work by me there. Said there's no need for the Nats to retaliate against the Giants because he believes Strickland was acting entirely on his own. I know Bruce didn't give the command and order. This makes it sound like such a ridiculous situation. I know Bruce didn't give the command and order. I could tell the way Buster Posey reacted. He had nothing to do with it. In our mind, Not a team act, but a selfish act on his part. It's more selfish because he probably won't ever get to come to the plate for there to be any retaliation. The fact that they speak so openly about this situation, to me, is an absurd situation in baseball. And I think what baseball recognizes is that the sport itself is not entertaining enough. 
during the course of a long 162-game regular season. So in many ways, they actually welcome these bench-clearing brawls, especially if they involve somebody like Bryce Harper, who is dominating uh, the NL NL All-Star Game voting. I don't know if you saw those numbers that came out. And the simple truth of this is if baseball really wanted to end storming the plate and bench-clearing brawls, they could easily do it. I'm going to tell you exactly what they would need to do. All they would have to do is institute substantial penalties like the NBA did in the wake of the malice in the palace. After that event, David Stern sat down and he said, we can never have this happen again. And he instituted such draconian penalties that if you leave the bench during a flare-up, you're automatically suspended. We saw that probably impact a championship already. They, they enforced that rule even though it was probably not being enforced correctly given the circumstances. If you remember when Robert Ory hip-checked Steve Nash into the scores bench at Game 5 in San Antonio. The Phoenix Suns had just won Game 5, basically. They were going up 3-2, going back to Phoenix with a chance to close out that series. Amari Stoudemire gets up off the bench comes to aid of Steve Nash and isn't able to play in game six. As a result, the Spurs go on and win that series. People said, man, that's not fair. But when that rule was applied as it was, everybody understood there were no exceptions. And all Major League Baseball would have to do right now, if Rob Manfred wanted to sit down and he said, you know what, guys, we have got to clean up baseball. We can't allow these bench-clearing brawls anymore. Do you know what he would need to do? It would be incredibly easy. All he would need to do is say this. If you leave the bench or you leave the bullpen area in the event that we have a confrontation like this, you're suspended for two weeks, 14 games across the board. And we're going to make you donate your paycheck during that time to charity. Nobody would ever leave the bench or the bullpen ever again. And if you said, hey, everybody else on the field, if you're in the outfield, if you come into the infield, one game suspension. If you are on the infield and you come in and you get involved in this brawl in any way, one week suspension. For the pitchers, if we can tell that you threw a ball intentionally at a batter, then you get suspended for a month. And for the batter himself, if you charge the mound, then you get suspended for a month. Would never happen again. Look at NBA. There are never any fights in the NBA. We lose our minds over petty shoving incidents. Kelly Oubre, Kelly Olenek. Remember what happened in the Wizards and Celtics series? You would have thought based on the reaction, oh my God, we got a brawl going on here. Kermit Washington and Rudy Tom Jelenovitz are out there laughing over the absurdity of what we classify as an NBA fight now. David Stern, give him credit, totally took fighting out of the NBA. Now, I talked about this yesterday. I think the reason why fighting is allowed in baseball and in hockey and not allowed in the NBA is because white guys primarily are involved in baseball and in hockey. I think it's a race thing. I think the only other distinction is NBA fans are afraid that their guys down courtside who paid a lot of money for seats could end up getting hurt. And you can see how that would be a disaster for the NBA. If you had a legitimate brawl going on and a pregnant lady courtside got punched, 
First of all, the lawsuit ramifications of that would be insane. Or a kid got hit. The NBA would have significant issues to deal with. And David Stern said, you know what? We can't, our business can't deal with this. We can't have this ever happening again. The fact that every time this happens, baseball doesn't care and they don't do anything to stop it is to me an indictment of the sport. What they're basically saying is, yeah, 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 you guys can't do this. Oh, but oh, by the way, go ahead and keep doing it. Because that's what a four-game suspension for Bryce Harper and a six-game suspension for Hunter Strickland says to me. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We are joined now by Jake Waddell. You can find him on Twitter. I'll tweet out the link to his handle if you want to offer him support. At Jacob Deverall uh, is his Twitter handle. And uh, Jake, uh, first of all, thanks for getting up early, joining us here. But I got to yeah, start man. with, I, I got to start with. Tell us how you got the catfish in. Like, take me from the moment you decide I'm going to go to game one in Pittsburgh. I'm going to take this catfish. I know they were trying to restrict catfish catfish sales to people from uh, the state of Tennessee. Walk us through the process by which you got the catfish into the arena there. All right, man. So uh, I brought one from Nashville. Uh, I didn't know they were stopping selling the ones in Pittsburgh yet. I just thought it would be more original to bring a Nashville catfish to the ice. Uh, so I brought it from Nashville, took it up there, had this grandiose idea, and the catfish I got was entirely too big. So uh, so then I had to whittle away at it. I gutted it, uh, cut some of the fat, some of the filet off of it, <clears throat> cut some of the bones out of it, and then uh, in a moment of redneck genius, I ran it over with my truck twice to try to flatten the head out. <laughs> uh, and then I vacuum sealed it and uh, tried to put it down my boot. Because I thought it'd be the easiest way to go, but it was too damn big. Looked like I had a broke leg, so I put compression shorts on over my regular underwear, so I wasn't in direct contact with my boys. Uh, slid it down my compression shorts and uh, walked her right in. All right, who were you at the game with? I was at the game with my wife's cousin uh, Troy McAlee. It actually worked out pretty perfect because he's a He's a Iraqi war vet, and it was Memorial Day, so it lined up pretty well. And he was down for whatever. He was down for the call. So, All I right, so you, you get in. Like, were you nervous at all going through security with uh, the, the catfish? Like, you literally had a catfish in your pants. Were you nervous at all about going through security? I wasn't because I, I, I gave it a trial run. Uh, my wife and kids and in-laws were at home. Got home right before I left, and I had the catfish on me, and they talked to me for 20 minutes, and they had no idea. So you so felt comfortable about that? Run, yeah, I felt comfortable about that. So, And if, you know, worse comes to worse, it looks like I gotta, I'm a little bit excited walking into the arena. <laughs> You're very popular. Uh, all right, so we're talking to Jake Waddell. He's the guy who smuggled in a catfish. All right, so you get into the arena. And how do you decide when to, like, take the catfish out of your pants? Like, what's the, what's the protocol there? 
Uh, well, I talked to the boys in the midday when 80 quite a bit about when I should throw it, and we decided that if, if we scored early, I would throw it then. The thing that really pissed Pittsburgh off, uh, especially the people who worked there, is they provided me the perfect cover for the catfish. The giveaway at the game was a towel and a T-shirt. So as soon as they gave me those, I was like, well, you just you did it to yourself now. So I went to the bathroom, took the tab off of a beer can, pulled the catfish out, cut the, cut the tab open, pulled the catfish out of the saran wrap thing, wrapped it up in a towel, wrapped it up in their T-shirt, and carried it around in their towel and their T-shirt. But I had to work my way down because I was sitting way up. I tried to get down to throw it after P.K. Subban's first goal, but it got disallowed. So time kind of went on, and I figured, you know what, we're down 3-0. They're kicking our butts. We need we need something to rally the troops here. So I figured throwing it on the ice at the beginning of the second period uh, might have might have a little bit of an effect. And it did. How, cl- how close were you to the ice when you threw it? Like, did you get all the way down beside the ice? And if so, like, did I you got, just have to work your way past the ushers? Yeah, I got all the way. I almost got caught the first time I tried to go. Um one guy grabbed me and asked where my ticket was, and I just kind of hauled that, hauled that ass, I guess I should say, yeah. out of there and uh, turned around and kind of went to a different section. But I just walked right down to the ice, and I had the shirt and the towel on it. And I've got the full video I'll send you. Uh, one oh, of the I love Fred fans. Yeah, I would, love, uh, I would love to see that. So you throw it onto the ice. What's the reaction from the people who are around you that see you throw it? <laughs> well, at first, they didn't know what the hell was going on. They, you know, the, the people that were right there were kind of like, what in the world just happened? They had no idea. But by the time I got halfway back up the aisle, there were some pissed off, pissed off Pittsburgh fans who understood what had happened, and they started uh, started being a little bit unfriendly, as you can imagine, which is what I expected, which is why I was smiling the whole time. I mean, I did it to be funny. It was funny. I mean, I, I'm sitting in my house one day, and I had the idea to do it just because I think it's funny. I think it's outstanding uh, who, as well. Who knew it would turn into this? But they got they got a little rowdy, and uh, as I got up closer to, to being escorted out, they started calling me hillbilly and redneck and all that. And I just, you know, this one hillbilly just outsmarted your whole arena. So what's that say about you? <laughs> We're ta- talking to Jake Waddell. All right, so you throw it on the ice, and and obviously uh, everybody they stop the game, they they bring it, uh, they have to go clean it off. And then at what point does somebody walk up to you and say you have to leave the arena? Uh, well, security was was on me pretty quick as I got to the top of the uh, steps. But, I mean, I wasn't trying to hide. They were like, oh, who's the guy? I just raised my hand and said, that was me. I threw it. I, I'm, I know I'm leaving. I'm so right you, acknowledge, so- you acknowledge that it's you 100%. You're in good shape there. And then what happens? Like, did you think to yourself, uh-oh, they're going to charge me? Like, at any point did you think I might get charged with a crime for this? Uh, uh, I mean, I thought they might try to, you know, do something stupid like disorderly conduct, which I didn't care. I went in with the expectation of them trying to charge me with something. I mean, I knew they weren't just going to let me sit back down. Uh, they tried to, you know, they tried to be kind of hard asses about it at, at the beginning, which I understand. They were mad. I just screwed up their their plan, and you know, this is our arena and all that kind of stuff or whatever. By the way, I've heard a church louder on Sundays than that place was in that game. They have nothing on Smashville. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they took me down, and they were all trying to be hard. And, uh, you know, I hope you're – this one guy was like, I hope you're proud of yourself. And I said, yeah, I hope so, too. So you, you – know, I wasn't 
I wasn't belligerent. I wasn't drunk. I didn't even have a drink. It was just, I was like, all right, I'll do whatever. Here's my ID. I don't really care. I know I'm getting kicked out. So you leave, you get kicked out. Your cousin comes with you, I'm assuming. Or did he stay and watch the rest of the game? He, uh, no, no, he came, he came out eventually. I told him he could stay. I didn't care. I mean, I knew I was getting kicked out. Uh, I, I didn't really care. But so the, the cop, they take me down there. There's like 13 officials in suits in this one little room, all mean mugging me and all this stuff. And they're, they're making a huge deal out of it. And the, the law part of it, the cop said, well, we're, you know, uh, you plan on coming back to Pittsburgh? And I said, no, not really. And he was like, well, you're going to get a ticket for disorderly conduct and we'll send it to you in the mail. Said, okay. That's fine. And after they could see I wasn't being an idiot uh, and I wasn't being belligerent, then they kind of broke down and were like, man, how did you do it? <laughs> they, they, they kinda, so they were they kind of impressed. Yeah, exactly. Because the one cop was like, so wait a minute. You walked around for two and a half hours with a dead catfish in your crotch. And what really, <laughs> what really pissed them off, I said, no, I didn't, man. You gave me exactly what I needed. He's like, so how do you mean? I said, you gave me a T-shirt and a towel to wrap it up in. And one that guy is, stormed out of the room after I said that. He was so mad. That is fantastic. Now, did you know, so you're, the, the Preds are down 3 nothing. They come storming back to tie it up, making you almost even more of a legend with this story. So <laughs> were you aware of what the score of the game was and trying to follow it on Twitter once you, like how long did it take from the time you threw the catfish to when you left the arena? Well, I'll say this. I couldn't keep up with anything on anything because I got, Twitter, and uh, I don't know if you know or not, I had 30 or 60 Twitter followers, yes. and in 24 hours, I'm up to 1,600 or something like that. So your Twitter so notifications were just blowing up. I couldn't get access to my own phone because of the text messages and the Twitter that was going on. So Jonathan Hutton actually called me. It was like, dude, it's like three to one since you did that. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. And I, I mean, I went straight back to my wife's in-laws or my wife's house, my wife's parents' house, and we drove through the night back to Nashville. So I didn't have a way to watch it. Uh, Jonathan Hutton was calling me and uh, keeping me up, baby. And then my cousin Alan calls me when it goes to three three, and he was like, "Dude, I don't know if you know this or not. It's tied three to three. If they win this game, I mean, you're going to go into legend status." And I was like, "Man, I'm just, I just threw a catfish on the ice. This is hilarious." Uh, I want to ask you a couple more questions. I also am offering my legal services, and I'll put together a dream team, Johnny Cochran with O.J. Simpson style, if you want me to, <laughs> to, 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 to give you legal defense here. Can you stick with us for one more segment? Yeah, man. All right, we're going to go to break. We'll have more here. Again, I'm going to offer my legal defense on the flip side. Six years in prison according to the charges that are being levied against this American hero. Uh, you guys can react on Twitter. If you have questions you want me to ask Jake, uh, roll in. I'm at Clay Travis. I'll also tweet out his Twitter handle so you guys can reach out to him. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Heat, it's the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Clay Travis. I hope you are starting off your Wednesday spectacularly well. If you are just waking up across the country, as many of you are, you have missed a sterling first couple of hours. We had Catfish Guy on. 
one of the funniest, most absurdly ridiculous stories that has existed in recent memory in sports. Catfish guy. Nashville Predator fans started throwing catfishes onto the ice years ago as kind of a little bit of an homage, I believe, to the decision in the Detroit Red Wings to throw the octopus on the ice. And so the catfish, which obviously is a southern delicacy, became a trend in Nashville arenas to throw the catfish on the ice. Well, when the Preds finally make the Stanley Cup final, they play game one in Pittsburgh, and a Nashville Predator fan drives up to Pittsburgh, throws a catfish on the ice. That man, Jacob Waddell, came on the show with us in hour one. And if you did not hear that interview, you need to go back and listen to it. In hour two, we talked with Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports National Columnist. Outstanding first two hours. You can go subscribe to the podcast, listen to it at your convenience, as millions of you will do in the month of May. Good uh, role that we are on with the podcast there. can also sign up and watch my afternoon show. I do an afternoon show around 3 o'clock Eastern. No FCC restrictions. You can listen to it on uh, on Periscope and Facebook Live. Lots of fun, more interactive, uh, a little bit different than this show, but also uh, I would encourage you guys to, uh, to do that as well. Obviously, the NHL playoffs game two is tonight. I have offered $10,000 to Carrie Underwood. It has been matched by NBA player Memphis Grizzly Brandon Wright. So we now have $20,000 to Carrie Underwood. She is the wife of Mike Fisher, the captain of the Nashville Predators. She was in the box. If you saw her drinking wine and dancing during that game, you know that she is pretty fantastic. She is awesome. Would she be willing to do it? I have no idea. But there is now $20,000 in charity to the charity of her choice if she were willing to become the most awesome country music singer since Johnny Cash died and throw a catfish onto the ice. Uh, We're also on the eve of the start of the NBA playoffs and finally, uh, not the NBA playoffs, but the NBA finals. The NBA playoffs has basically been a total waste so far. And there's a lot of hope that we're going to get an outstanding series here. To me, this uh, this is an interesting question because I think ultimately... This series is going to be defined by LeBron James versus Kevin Durant. Now, I know Kevin Durant is surrounded by more talent than LeBron James is. We've drafted one to seven, the top players in this uh, in this series. We've been waiting for the Cavs-Warriors rubber match basically since the Cavs came back from a 3-1 series deficit and won that series in Game 7. Ever since July 4th, when Kevin Durant announced that he'd be joining the Warriors, and everything has been spinning on its axis towards this meetup. I would argue, I think this is fascinating, I would argue that LeBron James actually has very little to lose here and a ton to gain. If you think about the way that the dynamic of this game is going to be played out, LeBron James, very little risk. Because I think most people look at this and say, well, the Warriors are a better team. They were last year the best team in the history of the NBA. They went 73-9. and They lost in seven games to the Cavs in an amazing comeback from a 3-1 series deficit. And then they went out and added Kevin Durant, who's probably the second best player in the NBA. So now you have Kevin Durant, you have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green, four of certainly the top 20 players in the NBA. And look, Kyrie Irving is not uh, is, is not a slouch, but he's awful on the defensive side of the ball. Kevin uh, Love can be somewhat enigmatic in terms of when he's going to show up and when he is not going to show up. And so as a result, LeBron James is, I think, fairly substantial underdog in this series. As a result, I believe that means LeBron James has very little to lose and a lot to gain. If LeBron James wins this series and the Cavaliers are two-time defending champs, that gets LeBron to four 
championships at the age of 32, he would actually have a pretty decent chance of catching Michael Jordan. Even if he doesn't catch Michael Jordan, the four championships and the two in a row over the Golden State Warriors, one of the best teams in the history of the NBA, would, I believe, go a long way towards legitimizing LeBron James in the never-ending argument for the NBA of who was better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. I do think it's unique in this situation that LeBron James maybe, maybe for the first time since he was a very young guy reaching the finals with an awful Cavs team, is in a position where he has almost nothing to lose. If the Cavs lose this series, I don't believe a lot of people are going to say, oh, this is just evidence of how bad of a player LeBron James is that he can't win in the clutch. Now, will some of the most steadfast Michael Jordan defenders out there use this as an opportunity to denigrate LeBron James? Certainly. There's no doubt at all that that will happen. But in the grand scheme of things, compared to other times that he has been in the finals in recent years, I think this is the biggest underdog LeBron James has been. Last year, I know that they weren't favored And certainly they got down 3-1 early, but I think they're even more of an underdog this year than they were last year. Let's go around the horn. Jason Martin, do you agree with me that LeBron, compared to, and I should say this, compared to Kevin Durant, who I believe, based on the decision that he made to go join the Golden State Warriors, basically said championship or bust. Now, that's what we always claim we want guys to say, championship or bust. I'll take less money to go win a championship. That's what Kevin Durant has done. But I believe if you look at him compared to the rest of the Warriors, does Draymond Green have a lot at stake? Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, everybody who's a star on the Warriors? Yes, but they already have one championship. If you look at Kevin Durant compared to LeBron James, I think Kevin Durant has more to lose, less to gain, whereas LeBron James has more to gain and less to lose. That, to me, is a fascinating and intriguing angle that isn't getting a lot of attention, at least not yet, as we move up on the eve of the debut of the NBA Finals. Are you guys buying what I am selling there? We'll go around the horn. Jason Martin. Yeah, I am. You know, a couple of days ago, I tried to make the other argument that LeBron, if there is only one face on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA over the last 10 years, it's LeBron James. So he's the star, so he's still going to take all the criticism. But when you think about Kevin Durant, the problem for Kevin Durant is he's basically John Higgins or he's Ed Hockley or he's somebody like that. You're not going to talk about much that he's doing unless he does something wrong at this point because of the decision that he made. If he goes and loses, he's going to get killed because he lost. Now, if he, if he loses and he plays very well, that obviously will mitigate some of the problem. But if he goes and he wins, what's going to happen? He's going to get a soft pat on the back and they're going to put an asterisk next to his name. He, he can't win for losing, certainly, but he can't really win for winning either because he joins such a talented team. So I don't even know how exactly it's going to be seen after the fact because there's so much talent around Kevin Durant in Golden State that he's expected to win. Most people have it either as a sweep or a five-game series. I continue to believe it's six, and it's going to be competitive. But if Kevin Durant goes out there and he wins, he's still not going to get full credit. It's not going to happen. But if he loses, he's going to get absolutely pilloried. Now, I don't necessarily think that LeBron is going to skate either. If he if he loses again, there are going to be people with their pitchforks out because he's LeBron James and he's the face of the league. I think Charles Barkley said it best. He said, look, when the Phoenix Suns lost to the Chicago Bulls, nobody was writing columns saying Dan Marley choked. They weren't saying Kevin Johnson just lost. They said Charles Barkley lost. It's always about the star. And I think Kevin Durant's the best player on that team. He has been all season long. And because of the decision that he made, he's put himself on a pedestal that can all of a sudden become a dunking tank 
if it doesn't work out for him. So, yes, I would agree with you. What about you guys in L.A.? Are you buying what I'm selling uh, that I believe LeBron James, I think uniquely, he's going to get criticized. There's no doubt. LeBron is the straw that stirs the drink for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He is, Jason Martin just said, even much more so than Charles Barkley when the Phoenix Suns lost. He's the guy who most people are going to turn to, regardless of how he performs, and say, my God, you know, LeBron can't get it done. That's what's going to happen if, if they lose. But... I think uniquely because the Warriors are so built up at this point. I think that LeBron James has a lot less to lose this year than he has in past years in the finals. And I think, frankly, he has so much more to gain. Because if he wins, then the Michael Jordan people are really going to start to get nervous. Because then LeBron James will have beaten an all-star squad of the Golden State Warriors. This year, even more impressive than last year. And he'll have brought back-to-back championships to Cleveland. And meanwhile, Kevin Durant, basically put all his chips in the in, in, on the table and said, I'm going all in for a championship. If he doesn't get it done, he's going to have a lot more to lose. In other words, putting it simply, I think LeBron James has more to win and less to lose, whereas Kevin Durant on the eve of the finals has so much more to lose and less to win because I believe the expectation is the Warriors are going to win this series and Kevin Durant should play well and get his first title. Yeah, as far as how the media is going to see it and as how it's going to play out with the fans, you guys are both spot on. But if I'm on the Warriors, looking at it from a player's point of view, I'm going to be expecting so much from Draymond Green because good point. I, yeah, obviously his suspension um, in that pivotal game still weighs heavy on their minds. You know that they all know in their hearts that they probably would have won the finals had he not missed that game and here he's laughing it up at an Oakland A's game he's sitting at the baseball game while they're struggling with LeBron so I'm if I'm a Warriors player I'm expecting Draymond to show up in a major way it's really well said and again people say well he was there for game six or game seven I think it threw everything off when he got suspended I think that threw everything into uh, into a mess. And also, I think Draymond Green was worried about getting suspended again because of the way that everything had come down there. I think it took him out of his game. I really do believe. Now, look, I'm hoping. I am hoping desperately because I love the NBA playoffs and I particularly love the NBA finals and we get a great series like potentially we have between the Cavs and the Warriors. I'm hoping it goes seven games. My fear is that the Warriors are going to come out and just totally dominate tomorrow night. And if they win on Thursday and Sunday and maintain their home court and go up 2-0, I know the Cavs came back from 3-1 last year, but I'm telling you what's going to happen. It's going to be Warriors win game one, Warriors win game two, Cavs come back and win game three, Warriors in game four, and then the Warriors close it out in five. I really am afraid that's what's going to happen. And then everybody's going to circle back around and say, man, the entire NBA playoffs were a joke. But if that happens, then the Warriors maybe have put together the best resume in the history of the NBA. It depends on whether you give more credence to the regular season or you give more credence to the postseason, in which case the Warriors, who are 12-0 and 0, right now, under my scenario, would finish 16-1, and 1, which would be the greatest record in the history of the NBA playoffs, topping the L.A. Lakers, who went 15-1, and 1, only lost that year, was Game 1 to Allen Iverson and the 76ers. And remember, that was before you played seven games in the opening round of the series, best of seven. Uh, okay, I want to tell you guys all about Florida. Right now, you know that I've been down in the state of Florida 
for a couple of weeks. I'm doing the show last week uh, down here. It's fantastic. I've been on the beach with my family for a couple of weeks. Went to the SEC spring meetings, by the way, last night. Got a couple of interviews we're going to be playing for you in the near future. Kevin Sumlin, Will Muschamp, uh, Brett Bielma all uh, talked to us. All have been on OutKick before and, uh, and are fans of uh, what we do. But... I want to tell you about Visit Florida. It's outstanding. And in order to tell you about Visit Florida, I'm going to bring in our buddy, Hal, from Portland. Outkick the coverage and Visit Florida. Have your chance to win a trip to the Coke Zero 400. Powered by Daytona, <laughs> July 1st at Daytona International Freeway. Close enough. To answer for your chance to win, visit Fox Sports. No, FoxSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. That's the Catfish Blues. And if you're not having any clue what's going on, you're just waking up. You need to go listen to the podcast. I'll explain in a moment. But first, welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And I also want to tell you all about with TrueCar. You can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the first hour of the show, I am Clay Travis. Thank you for spending your Wednesday with us. Here on Outkick, the coverage, we brought you Jacob Waddell. He is the Nashville Predator fan who was cited for three different violations after he had the gall to throw a uh, catfish on the ice. He was fantastic. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. As a result, I had the idea tonight is game two of the NHL Stanley Cup final. Been uh, pretty exhilarating throughout the playoff run. Uh, A lot of people watched. I saw ratings were up like 25% on NBC. Uh, Millions more people watching than before. Obviously, the Penguins and the Preds, uh, there is game two going on tonight. And I said, Carrie Underwood. If you know Carrie Underwood, superstar, musician, maybe the best of legs other than my wife in the city of Nashville. And Carrie Underwood is uh is a is a big preds fan because her husband mike fisher is the captain of the team and so she was in the crowd uh the cameras caught her uh there at nbc and as a result i said uh she tweeted out you're my hero to this nashville predator fan who threw the uh, catfish on the ice and i now have said i came on the show early this morning i said i'll give ten thousand dollars to Carrie Underwood's charity of choice. She doesn't need money from me, but to a charity of her choice if she will throw a catfish on the ice for game two. Uh, Then Brandon Wright, who plays for the Memphis Grizzly, Nashville native NBA star, uh, he also said that he will match the $10,000. And during the most recent break, Bobby Bones, who has a really successful country music radio show and actually broadcast in the morning Uh, on his studio next door to us very frequently here on Outkick the Coverage. He also said that he is in for an additional $10,000. So in the space of the morning, we now have thirty grand to a charity of Carrie Underwood's choice if she can get a catfish onto the ice in the Penguins-Preds game tonight. Hell yeah. 
That's pretty awesome. Uh, thirty grand. I'm sure other people would uh, would jump in as well. Charity of her choice. I bet we could get it to a hundred. Might have to reach out to other people in the city of Nashville. In fact, uh, during the next commercial break, I'll try to get Kirk Herbstreet to uh, to step up and also donate ten grand more. I think we could probably get it to a hundred. Odds that Carrie Underwood looks at this and considers it. We bring in Jason Martin. We will start there. We'll go around the horn. What do you think? It's getting interesting, Clay. It's getting real interesting. There's a What's lot more the names number that where Carrie Underwood would have to do it? What's the number we could raise? We're at thirty grand now to a charity of her choice. Thirty grand ain't nothing, right? No. Ten grand from me, ten grand from Brandon Wright, ten grand from Bobby Bones. That's three different, you know, kind of uh, realms of I would say Nashville uh, natives. You know, like again, uh, three different people from the city of Nashville now thirty grand on the table for Carrie Underwood. I think it would be great for her brand. Obviously, if she could get a catfish in and throw it on the ice, I think people would lose their minds. I think it would be the greatest thing that she has done for her brand uh, since going on American Idol. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be such a win. It would be everywhere, not just, I mean, obviously outside of sports. This would be absolutely everywhere tomorrow. It would be maybe not on the front page because the president might do something, but it would be real close in most major newspapers. It would be all over the Internet, and it would be all positive. I don't even think Pittsburgh would get mad at this one. Like this would just be all right. It's Carrie Underwood. She's basically she's basically a deity at this point who in else, the country. Who else should I reach out to who lives in Nashville? I'm going to tweet Herb Street. He's a buddy. I'm going to tell Herb Street man. he needs to do it. Oh, Sneds. Sneds I'm going to I'm going to sure. bring in Sneds and Brant Snedeker and Kirk Herb Street and get them to commit. So that'll get us up to fifty grand. I'm pretty confident they'll both do it. Uh, so I'm going to tweet that during the break. In the meantime. Because we're the most serious radio show anywhere in America, we are going to interview the guy that Tim Tebow hit in the balls during his warm-up recently as part of Tebow Watch. Tebow Watch, always final segment of the show here as Tim Tebow tries to climb to the major leagues. This week, uh, or today, special Tebow Watch. We are interviewing the guy that Tim Tebow hit in the balls and then signed a ball for after he errantly threw and hit this man in the groin standing in the crowd. Tim Tebow uh, will sign a ball for him, and he's going to talk about getting hit in the balls. I mean, this is amazing radio. If you want to hear from the guy who Tim Tebow hit in the balls, it's up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well as always. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in now the man, the myth, the legend. He was hit by a baseball in the uh, groin region by the son of God, Tim Tebow. We've been teasing this for a couple of days. This is an amazing Tim Tebow watch because it's also a watch out for your balls when Tim Tebow is near you. We bring in now the man who was hit in the balls by Tim Tebow, Doug Brustman. Doug, what's the story? How is your uh, gonad region feeling now? Hey, what's going on, Clay? Um, Actually, the team just started dissipating on Saturday, so it's getting a little better. So when you got hit in the balls, how quickly did you think, I have to tell Clay Travis about Tim Tebow hitting me in the balls? You were the second person I thought of. I texted my brother, <laughs> and then I sent you a tweet. So you get hit in the balls by Tim Tebow. Uh, your first thought is, i got to tell my brother. What was your brother's response? How, just laughing how inaccurate he is and, you know, just typical Tebow. So, and then I had to send you the picture of the ball and the story, 
And then I guess you didn't get it. So um, Jason actually caught on to it, and uh, that was it. So my, my mentions, let me just say this right now. My mentions have become such a minefield that I can't keep up with them now. And so I, I, I sometimes it. miss things that are important. Like uh, we've got our intern, Taylor Vanderbilt, out there doing incredible different video work. And sometimes I miss it, you know, just because he is like, uh, he's tweeting me. I missed this tweet. So Tebow comes over and signs the ball that he hits you in the balls with. Yeah. So, so what happened was the guy behind me yells, watch out. And as he yells, watch out, I get cracked in the nuts. And I'm double over in pain. My wife's like, you're all right. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> guy from the Mets comes over and says, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And meanwhile, I can't breathe. So I, I said to my wife, I said, who threw it? And the guy behind me goes, it was Tebow. I said, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. So I held on to the ball. My daughter had her two Tebow books. So he finished stretching, throwing. It's not like he came right over and, you know, asked if I was okay. He comes down the line. I tossed the ball to him. I said, here's the ball you hit me with. And he kind of laughs, signs it, signs my daughter's two balls. But the part of the story that nobody picks up on, except for maybe a couple SEC sites, was that, you know, I went to UT. So I had a UT hat on. So as he signed him the ball, I said, hey, I think you did it on purpose. You saw my hat and seen me. He kind of looks up at the hat, smiles, gives me a fist bump, and walks on. So you got hit in the balls as if Tebow winning four straight years over Tennessee wasn't painful enough. You're there in your University of Tennessee hat, and you get hit in the balls by an errant Tebow baseball throw. I mean, just another victory for Tebow over the balls. That's 5-0 and for him. Uh, that's fantastic. So would you have gone ever and watched this minor league baseball game if Tebow weren't playing? Yeah, we live about 10 minutes from the stadium. So we go a couple times a year. Um, but my daughter likes Tebow. Like she wants to go to us, which I feel is a, a failure as a parent because she wants to go there. Um, but so we would have gone, but Tebow being there kind of added a little excitement. How much do you want? I'm interested that your daughter wants to go to Florida. You guys live in New Jersey, is that right? Yes. You guys live in New Jersey now. You're a Tennessee fan. There's probably not a lot of Tennessee fans in New Jersey, but there are probably a decent amount of Florida fans just because I would think there's probably a lot of cross-pollination, as always, between New York, New Jersey, and Florida. But how much pressure do you put on your daughter not to go to the University of Florida simply because you hate their football team? Man, you know – I just say every day, you sure you want to go there? You sure you want to go there? We took her, I took her to Knoxville two years ago, took her to UT. She loved it. Dad, you're not changing my mind. I want to go to Florida. So, I mean, I hope, you know, she's only going to be a ninth grader next year. I hope she changes her mind. But as of right now, she really wants to either play soccer or basketball in Florida. So, I mean, like I said, I just feel like a failure. (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I'm in Florida right now. Uh, we're down here doing the show for the next couple of weeks in the state of Florida. And on our drive down on Friday night, uh, my son, my six-year-old, we drive, we cross over the state of Tennessee into the state of Alabama. And as we're driving through the state of Alabama, he uh, he he says, oh, awesome, we're in Alabama now. I love their football team. And I just oh. felt like I got gut punched. Like I had no yeah. idea what to say. I don't know how aggressively to push back against the idea that he's going to grow up and be an Alabama Crimson Tide fan and be saying roll tide everywhere. Uh, because I feel like on some level, if you push back too aggressively, you convince the kid that the rebellion is a good move and it makes him more likely to be a fan of a team that you can't stand. But I, I don't know how to handle that as a father. 
that's almost as bad as when I wear my UT stuff, my daughter doing a gator chop in my face. Yeah. So your own flesh and I, blood. I understand. Yeah, I was just like, I want to kill myself. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're talking to Doug uh, Brustman. He is uh, was hitting the balls by Tim Tebow. This is a special Tebow watch that also involves uh, doubles as a ball watch. Uh, so now with the Tebow uh, baseball career, what was the crowd like in New Jersey? I mean, it's not exactly like that's Tebow's home base necessarily, but was it a very pro Tebow crowd in the minor league stadium in New Jersey you were you were watching at? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, we got there, and like I said, we had seats in the front row. We couldn't get halfway down the aisle. There were people mobbing him. And I feel bad for the guy. Like, I don't know how he enjoys this every day. You know, hey, Tebow, so, you know, just obnoxious people throwing stuff at him. Um, but it was a pretty pro Tebow crowd. There were about 8,000 people there, which they probably average about 4,000 a game. Um, so it was fun to watch them. I mean, you know, but I've never heard people go crazier over a lazy line drive, a routine ground ball. I mean, he makes contact. You would think Babe Ruth was sitting on run. That's how hey, loud they got. You were watching the Lakewood Blue Claws play against Tim Tebow's Columbia Fireflies. Um, last question for you. Are you more or less likely to root for Tim Tebow now that he hits you in the balls with a uh, errant toss? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it's even. I, I kind of still hate him because he was a Gator. Um, but I, the guy does so many good things. How can you really hate the guy? You know? That's like, the way I feel, too. Good person. How do you hate the guy? But, I mean, just because he's a Gator, I will hate him for the rest of his life. But I'll root for him to succeed. What an incredible show we got rolling here. We started off with the catfish on the ice guy. We finished it with the guy who got hit in the balls by Tim Tebow. And you guys said an over-under on how many times I would use the word balls. Yeah, it was 24, and I pushed. You can't push <laughs> on these ridiculous oh. numbers. You oh, pushed Jason on thirty-five. On did he put? Did he really push again? <laughs> yeah, I pushed can... on the balls at, at uh, twenty-four. I think we're at uh, sixteen right now because you just said it again. But that's well under. Yeah, yeah. See, you gotta I be really careful. Yeah, you gotta be careful. If I know the bets, then I'll start you know hedging and making money myself. Got to be, uh, got to be careful on it. Speaking of know the bets, uh, I just uh, texted Herb Street and uh, and Brant Snedeker, and I believe that they are both going to be on our team here and paying Carrie Underwood to throw a catfish on the ice. So that'll get us up to uh, that'll get us up to fifty k. So uh, that is a big donation to charity. Again, best thing Carrie Underwood could do for her career tonight. You got to be watching. Throw an ice, uh, throw a catfish on the ice during Game Two of the Stanley Cup Finals between the uh, Penguins and the uh, Preds. I mean, there's a lot of people I bet who are going to watch now who've been listening to us during the course of the show today. And again, if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? Go download the podcast, like millions of other people are going to do in May. Um, you're going to be sitting around like what, uh, like I watching to see whether or not a catfish is going to hit the ice. I know I am. Preds need to win to make it a uh, exciting series. But uh, but that will be. I mean, if Carrie Underwood came down on the ice and threw the catfish. It would uh, the social media would explode, the internet might break. Even even crazier than this Kathy Griffin holding up a head of Donald Trump thing, which is everywhere, and uh, and also of this Donald Trump unable to uh, to tweet and and the word that he used covet or whatever it is, it's everywhere. If you have no idea what's going on, what I'm talking about, you need to be on Twitter. I'm at Clay Travis. You can find me there. Come follow me. Thank you for spending your morning with us. We'll be back tomorrow talking uh, the NBA Finals starting and the Stanley Cup Finals game two. Will we see a catfish on the ice? Fingers crossed. I'm putting together the best dream team of lawyers ever created to defend the last catfish guy. That's what I do. I fight for you. 
I'm Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Coverage. Thanks for hanging with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.